listening to Soul Knox Podcast, and I'm your host, Carl Hikara. This is episode number 99 of the podcast, and this week I have Simon from the band Cult Burial on the podcast to discuss their new album, or new newest album, Reverie of the Malignant, which came out in 2023, which is a pretty uh, sick album, and... Um, yeah, we had a great conversation all about the album, his influences, kind of where he's coming from as an as an artist, um, which is pretty pretty interesting conversation. Um, and uh, yeah, he's kind of coming at metal from a very interesting, different perspective than a lot of people that a lot of the guys that I have on here. Which is which is uh, which is very interesting to talk to him about it because uh, yeah, shed light on some of the aspects of the album, which. Uh, I thought it was interesting, uh, particularly the fact that it was very much, I don't know, hard to, it's kind of outside of any particular genre, which makes sense when you, when you listen to the podcast and what we talked about. So it was great having him on, enjoyed the conversation very much. Um, of course, this is uh, recorded a few months ago and finally coming out as I had to get out um, you know, all the stuff for the top top albums for this year and yeah, they're doing supposed to come out a little bit earlier. Um, but uh yeah, that's just what happened, so it's coming out now. So that's what's going on for this week's episode. Um and then uh yeah, next the next episode, episode number one hundred, is going to be with Ledger Domain Art. Um, which is an awesome conversation, definitely yeah, he's going to be back on as well, and um, yeah, that's a pretty epic conversation all about uh, art and music and movies and all kinds of stuff, so that's coming out for episode 100, so uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this episode, I'm going to get into the plugs and then we'll get into the episode itself, of course I belong to a gang of podcasters called the Horsemen of the Podcast Apocalypse. And uh, we are every other Monday, Brandon Legion with Horror Wolf 666. Every Tuesday, you have Into the Necrosphere with Jackie Schmidt. Uh, every Wednesday, you have uh, Everything Went Black with Mike Hill. And of course, Mike and I have our series that we split between the podcasts called uh, Darkness Weaves, all about the work of Carl Edward Wagner. And the last episode I put out was our newest episode, so check that out. We covered the story, uh, The Dark Muse. And then uh, Thursdays, you have Necromaniacs with Mike Hill, Mike Scandato, and Jeff Kashid. <clears throat> and then on Fridays, you have Spitball Media um, with John Draper. And then the Intermediate Times, when he has an episode to come out, you have Iblis Manifestations with Cheyenne of Trivax. And then I also want to shout out, um, not a horseman, but a horseman adjacent. Is my Constantine Tonohovi with Mycelium Signal. Um, so check that out as well. Great podcast. Should be on there soon, as well as Bliss Manifestations. So um, please uh, follow everybody on social media and spread the word. And uh, be sure to rate and um, the podcasts on you know Spotify and everything. Um. And you can follow me on Instagram at either my name or at Denver Underground Radio, which is the online radio station I run. Uh, we have shows every Tuesday and Thursday night starting at 9 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, you can tune in live at DenverUndergroundRadio.com during those times. 
you can go on the Instagram, see all of our playlists, um, and uh, our set list for the shows. And then you can also get uh, in the stories archives. There's uh, links to all the Spotify playlists, and of course, everything for the podcast is also on the Denver Underground Radio Instagram. So yeah, follow us on there. And then finally, I have a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Soul Knox Podcast. $2 a month. And uh, yeah, my goal is always to get two to four episodes out there for everybody. Um, And, uh, you know, definitely appreciate the support. Above all, you're hoping keeping the lights on and the podcast and uh, reimbursing the costs for running it, which is very much appreciated for each and every one of you who's on there. Of course, if you sign up, you'll get a get a shout out on here. Um, we will be having the next Dracula episode coming out in the next few weeks. So, getting back to getting the stuff out on there at a regular pace. Um, so yeah, so we're gonna get into the episode. Um, first of all, I guess I'm going to play, uh, yeah, we're going to play a song from Reverie of the Malignant and, uh, this song, I'm just going to play the first song from the album, which is called Umbra. Um, definitely recommend going on, uh, Bandcamp, picking up the album, uh, it's, or listening to it on Spotify. Um, but it's a pretty, pretty killer album. Great artwork from Ledger Domain Art. So there is a link between these two bands and we do discuss him in the episode. And, um, um, yeah, the, the album is very, very unique, very dark, uh, really, really into what he's doing. So, yeah, check it out. Um, anyways, guys, I hope you guys enjoy. Hail Satan.
Well, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. Pleasure. The uh, really like the your out your new album. Thank you. The um, it's actually the the first one. I I I have to go back and listen to your older any older music you have, but okay. I was I uh, was introduced to the new album basically uh, through well my friend Jackie Smith who does uh, into Necrosphere podcast. Um, yeah mentioned and he's, it. Uh, he's been amazing he's been like really uh yeah a big sort of day one fan of the band and has you know really helped to kind of promote things a little bit so that's good to hear yeah and then he um between that and then also follow um you know uh brian ledger domain art he did your, your okay artwork. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So i'm posting about it when it came out so i was like yeah he's uh he did the first album and the second album and like even in my studio uh, there's some, some bits and pieces like that by him uh that's i'm kind of yeah i'm surrounded by uh by his artwork so that's pretty uh yeah, that's cool he did lots yeah. of good albums yeah i'm supposed to actually have him on the podcast too so doing okay both. cool yeah yeah so yeah i'm a big fan of his art so so yeah so i checked out their album when it came out and and so I was like, want to have you on because uh, and talk about talk about it and talk about the band and everything because I don't know a huge amount about like the history of, I mean how and everything like that. So, cool. So, yeah. well, let me tell you. So, band kind of like so this sounds kind of like I'm kind of making it up a little bit. I'm not like the band started because I I kind of drunkenly bought a guitar by accident that was a baritone that I didn't realize was a baritone long scale heavy tune guitar. Okay, right. And, um, so I, do you know these like uh, I don't know you have some guitars around you right your basement wherever you are it's cool but um, I have this thing for like aluminium neck guitars right uh, so like electrical guitar companies like one of them I don't know the, the brand or the, you know the guy that makes them in the US and I wanted one for fucking ages and this guy in Sweden was just like on the Facebook aluminium group he was like I'm selling one does anyone want to buy it and I was just like yeah like and it was a good price and I was like yeah me I, I, like I'll I've been, you know, I've been saving for ages for one of these things, right? And it finally came up. And um, he, uh, and then it arrived. And I was like, oh, fuck, this is weird. It's a baritone guitar. I like, didn't even ask him. <laughs> I was just so excited by it. And I was like, oh, shit, what am I going to do with it? And um, it was just so heavy. And like, I've always kind of liked heavy music, but I'd never written heavy music before. Okay. Um, so I just started like recording um, loads of. Uh, you know, like riffs and chord progressions and this kind of stuff and quite quickly i was like yeah this is pretty this is actually pretty okay like this is this is fine so wrote a lot of songs and then and went to find someone to go and, and sing on them um and then yeah and quite quickly released like an ep and a, and a first album that all came together like you know super fast like in a couple of months like max and that was it cult barrel was born so um yeah or because i drunkenly bought a uh a guitar and got too, got too embarrassed to tell the guy i was like fuck I, like i didn't mean to buy that but um <laughs> yeah so that's that's kind of why we're here <laughs> um so you said you never played heavy music before i'm, I'm kind of surprised by that because it's like very heavy heavy music so like what what did were you doing before cult burial uh i did like a few other things i had a bit of like time off from just writing music and stuff like that. Um, I've always enjoyed like writing music and I kind of do it for myself mostly. I was in some other, just used to do some stuff, kind of collaborating with other people. I kind of, you know, help them write songs or play guitar or, you know, bits like that, help them kind of compose their stuff. Um, and that was always kind of fun. 
Um, but no, I've never done anything heavy. But like, I've always liked heavy music, but um, like, I can't ever have anything kind of middle of the road, right? So if it's going to be heavy, it's got to be, you know, really fucking heavy. Um, and I'd always kind of liked... I like ones, yeah, I like like Sepultura and like, you know, those kind of bands. And I went off in a in a sort of discovery of to try and find metal. And I think perhaps I took like the wrong turns a little bit or something, or went down some weird rabbit holes and kind of <laughs> kind of you know, like put me off it a little bit. Um so yeah, so when I got that, you know, when I started playing it, I was like, actually, this is pretty cool. Like this is, you know, uh, you know, what I think heavy should kind of be. Um, you know, so that was yeah, that's sort of how it that's kind of how it all got together. Right, um, but uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, the the album I feel like um, is very uh, unique. Like I, I was talking about it with one of my other friends who actually had already bought the album. I had sent it to him, cool. and oh, wow. um, and he he was he even said that too. It's very unique. Like I can't. There's nothing really quite like what you're doing with with Cult Burial. You know what I mean? Like uh, I can't. So I struggle to really like say like give somebody like a comparison to what to what it is because you're kind of there's kind of no no rules you know what I mean to what you're doing yeah because it's not really based on any kind of me listening to metal or growing up listening to metal which you know I I kind of listen to so like I seem to kind of quite noisy kind of alternative sort of rock bands but like you know I got really into certain kind of mathy kind of bands and and stuff like that but i didn't really grow up listening to kind of like super heavy music all the way through so um yeah i have like basically no history of heavy music before cold burial started so like <laughs> <laughs> you know have you heard this seminal album this and like nah man i've never like i've never heard it um and i, I think that kind of makes it kind of interesting so i can just take it to places where i think it should go and i think maybe that's why it sounds a little bit you know not uncomparable, but it doesn't sound like particularly like other bands. Um, and then, you know, I record things myself and I have apparently strange ways of doing that and um, strange ways of kind of making the, you know, my, my idea of what things should sound like probably make it sound a little bit unique. Um, but yeah, I think it's just more like not having any kind of background in in heavy stuff. Uh, right. Now, since then, the only thing I listen to is like, you know, death metal, black metal, like 100% fully completely now since uh since starting the band but uh yeah prior to that not really so much so i think it's uh i think it's kind of a byproduct of that right like my favorite band, my favorite band by mile is boys like by mile like what's band? what's his head and my favorite band by a mile do you know them no it's uh british kind of quite famously kind of british trip-hop kind of band with loads of atmosphere oh. and just you know really really interesting song structures and stuff like this and like Sorry. Now I figure out you say Portishead. For some reason, it was like I was hearing something different. Yeah, I know Portishead. All oh, right, it's like, they're my favorite band by like a mile. So uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, yeah, it's it's just yeah, I just have a different kind of different set of influences that I kind of try to overlay on on heavy. Right. Well, I can kind of understand that. Like um, thinking about Portishead, you know, like because I'm I'm a big fan of them as well, and you know, like their last album got pretty noisy and. Had yeah. like a lot of interesting guitar parts and stuff like that as well. Yeah, and I always feel like for both albums. Yeah, and you can kind of hear hear some of those those elements in, in Cold Burial for sure. I think that's probably where you're kind of getting that kind of really unique quality. Is you kind of if you're coming from a from background of you know Portishead and all those kinds of stuff, like you're kind of like going into heavy music, you're going to have a kind of slightly different 
Yeah, maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. But I think, like, you know, if it's going to be atmospheric, it has to be, like, really atmospheric. If it's going to be doomy, it's going to be really doomy. If it's going to be fast, it has to be, like, you know, really sort of you know, fast and, and chaotic. And um, hopefully the thing that comes across in the albums, it doesn't really stick to kind of one format on the songs. It doesn't really stick to kind of one speed or, or tempo or kind of, you know, structure. There's just lots of different kind of stuff in there. Right. Yeah, I mean... I definitely noticed some some doom parts and then i'm assuming and then some parts were kind of chaotic like with the kind of uh um dissonant type of riffs like yeah which kind of reminded me of you know there's that kind of spectrum of of black and death metal as well as that kind of crosses over and almost into like certain types of hardcore which has all the yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah. this kind of dissonant yeah kind of type of riffs you know what i mean yeah, it's just a kind of reflection of kind of what I sort of listen to, I guess, and it just sort of all blends together, and that's kind of how it comes out, I suppose. But uh, but yeah, I think the album is more. Uh, I think the, the first album was just a, you know, as you said, you haven't heard it yet, but it's a lot more um, kind of in your face, just sort of you know riffs, uh, and this one's got a lot more development of those kind of other ideas a little bit. Although I say that, yeah, when the songs get written, they never really get written. Not a lot of thought goes into the basic kind of structure of them, right? So um, they tend to come together quite quickly, and if they don't come together quite quickly, then they're not like they're not really happening. So um, yeah, they're just kind of what's come out, and if it comes out quick, it's good. If it doesn't come out quick, move on. Right, kind of kind of going through that kind of uh, it's almost like stream of consciousness type of writing, where you kind of like try to hit into that kind of uh, workflow mindset where you're just kind of writing, creating, and by the yeah. end of it, you're kind of like, oh shit, I got a song, you know? And it's good. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Like, if it's not, if it doesn't come together in like three, four hours, it's just like, I, I could sit there with it, like from experience, I can sit there with it for fucking five days, 10 days. I'm like, it's not going to get done. I'm just going to hate it. So, uh, so yeah, you just kind of uh, move on. And um, so, yeah, everything comes together like pretty, pretty fast. But, um, but yeah, there's certainly more development of the, the atmospheric bits and the doomier bits and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm kind of a similar way in the sense of uh, I like to to work fast when I work on music. Like I get I get frustrated if you're like working on something yeah. like, too long, too much. You kind of like even even if recording it like when you're putting like too much time into every little detail or something like that, I get I start to get a little burned out. Yeah, and you can listen to something so many fucking times that you think it's good, um, and I think that's dangerous. So. Uh yeah yeah <laughs> I, tend, I tend to kind of avoid that i think the true test is if you write something and then um put it away and you come back to it about a week later or something and then if you still yeah, like yeah. it it's all right yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's good <laughs> um yeah we have this maybe we have the same uh similar kind of path about how we uh how we create stuff yeah definitely the um what uh did you write the lyrics and everything too or are the lyrics written by the vocalist no, so the vocalist write the lyrics. So the vocalist is a guy called Cesar. And um, so he doesn't live in, I'm just outside London. He lives in um, Portugal. So he's not, you know, close or, or near. We tend to kind of collaborate um, you know, by email and WhatsApp and that kind of stuff. Uh, so like, oh, so he writes all the lyrics and then we'll sort of go back and forth on them a little bit between us, but not really so much. Like it kind of, you know, what he kind of comes up with is usually kind of what we run with. Right. Uh, and he, uh, he records and like, yeah like there's not too much kind of discussion about it afterwards because i just you know i like the way he kind of delivers vocal i mean they're brutal as fuck right i mean they're they're pretty 
they're always kind of, in my opinion, bang on and kind of what the tune kind of wants. Um, and uh, yeah, if he has kind of crazy ideas about, you know, let's make this sound absolutely like this will sound insane or this will sound brutal. And like, let's do it, man. Let's just, let's just, yeah, run with it and, and see what we come up with. But yeah, but he writes all the lyrics, um, which are pretty bleak. Yeah. So I'm told. Is that kind of, uh, do you kind of have set like um, the kind of, did you kind of set the kind of tone for like what you kind of wanted the lyrics to go like in or like the type of, um, I guess like when you're creating, do you kind of get an idea of like, this is the type of mood that I want the whole thing to have? Like, you know. Yeah, I think the music kind of sets its own tone a little bit. But um, yeah, I mean, they're all about the kind of, yeah, staring into the abyss of life and the hopelessness of, uh, of existence and this kind of stuff, um, which makes yeah. us sound all really miserable. We're not, we're both like pretty happy guys, but it's just, uh, I don't know, it's just something that uh, resonates with us, uh, you know, in that in that project. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's an escape or something like that, or maybe it's just, you know, um, you know, what kind of, I don't know, darker, uh, darker thoughts of like a mindset, but, you know, it's a good, a good kind of medium to let them, uh, let them out so uh but yeah no i mean we don't have too much discussion about you know, i mean you know we shouldn't say this we shouldn't do that or you know blah 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 but there's nothing like controversial lyrics they're just bleak and miserable you know they're just uh yeah really like you know fuck everything um yeah i definitely get a very bleak kind of uh yeah staring into the abyss type of quality too to the music, yeah, to the like lyrics, all, 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 you know, all, all kind of bands in our kind of space are kind of the same, right? But like we're all kind of, uh, yeah, bleakness is a pretty, uh, pretty common denominator, I think, across uh, well, certainly everything that I listen to, everyone's talking about the same stuff, but uh, it's not a complaint, you know, it's cool, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's that's part, you know, space, it's important. I think, uh, it's a big part of a certain type of metal or darker music all that kind of stuff is kind of exploring these types of dark kind of states and a lot of times people are surprised when they're like okay like even though you're kind of exploring all this dark stuff you're not a lot of times we're like people on metal or goth or whatever or all kinds of different types of darker genres aren't really that you know we're not like these type of like just like curmudgeonly like people generally you know what i mean like yeah, pretty usually pretty pretty, 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 pretty well adjusted and pretty happy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I think that that you're, I think when you are allowing yourself to kind of, um, yeah, like explore these types of darker subjects and and release that release valve, you know, of of of, of um, what's the word? Expressing those things. I think that that kind of I think that's why a lot of people are like, well, Justin, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I agree with you on that. I totally agree with you. Like, I think, um, but I don't know, I just really enjoy that type of atmosphere. That's one thing that I liked about about uh, Brian's art, for example, like is uh, the type of really dark, um, kind of sin very sinister kind of quality to it, which... Um, yeah. You know, it reminds me also of something like the movie Begotten or, you know, all this type of stuff. Like Very, like, to me, it seems like quite, like, I'm staring at one now, like, behind the screen, and it's like, everything's very kind of decayed in a kind of beautiful way, if that makes sense. Um, you know, it's, it's it's very dark, and you know that they're all, like, photos, right? And they're photos that are kind of manipulated. Well, I think they're all kind of photos that are manipulated. So, because um, I'm reasonably sure I've got his girlfriend on both my album covers um, and just sort of, you know, different different kind of versions. Yeah. Um, 
And, uh, but yeah, like, I think it captures the kind of the mood really well. Um, so yeah, it's like, uh, it has kind of, you know, really dark, I'm just looking low, and it has like really dark undertones and it has, like I said, that kind of decay. And it's just, it's a very atmospheric kind of art piece and all of his works the same. Um, and funnily enough, Joy is really weird the other day. I went to see Napalm Death in London. Yeah. And um, I'm standing in the queue and this guy comes up to me with a flyer and hands me a flyer for a band that's on the week after. And it's, it's, uh, it's Legend of Man's uh, album. So I was quite like, oh, really <laughs> the guy's everywhere. Yeah. So uh, yeah. yeah, it's cool. And he's a really, really nice guy. He's like, he's been, again, very helpful and very supportive uh, of kind of, you know, the band and, you know, he's really helped out um, with a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, I just love his stuff. When I saw it, I was like, I have to get him to, to, to do the artwork. It was just the perfect encapsulation artistic encapsulation of you know image of uh of what i wanted the band to kind of to have so uh yeah i'm sure we'll collaborate together for for longer right yeah i do think it's a pretty much a perfect uh collab- collaboration in that sense of like the the artwork mat- matches perfectly with the music and that the atmosphere and the feeling you get from listening to your music you know yeah and i really want that to kind of I like them to kind of blend together and mix together really, you know, really well, you know, see, it's the the thing about making albums, isn't it? You know, it's, it's the, the coherence of the, you know, the music, the, the print, the, the, the artwork, all that kind of stuff. Um, and again, you know, he's just like, yeah, you know, I think he only kind of, he says like, you know, just let me go and run with it. And I go, okay, cool. Um, and he comes back with something and he goes like, uh, you know, voila, here's what I've, uh, here's what I've made. I go, wow, it's amazing. You know, it's absolutely amazing. I don't, he's like, is there anything you want to change? I went, nah, like, nah, it's absolutely, yeah, exactly. It's absolutely, it's absolutely spot on and, and absolutely perfect. Um, so yeah, I think that, that package is nice and like, you know, obviously, you know, the collaboration of kind of art and the music and metals are, you know, really important thing. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. It's cool. Um, long may it continue. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I think that's what sets people who kind of have a vision, artistic vision for the whole thing as outside of, you know, there's some people I've met who have bands and they don't they just want to make music and they don't have any idea of like any type of aesthetic or or mood or anything that they're trying to do. They're, yeah. just, they're just making music, you know what I mean? And yeah. kind of like and you just feel like they seem kind of lost when they're trying to like figure out artwork and stuff because they don't have any real vision. I think that's what sets a real artist aside is when an artist has like an overall vision for, for the music, like, you know, the art and everything needs to all work together to service the kind of essence of what I'm trying to, trying to communicate, you know? Have you seen those books, like heavy music artwork, I think they're called? Yeah, I have, Um, um, I have, I have the book they released about Greek black metal. But I haven't okay. read the other books yet. Yeah. I love those books. They're amazing. I mean, there's such a beautiful kind of, you know, composition of, you know, whatever's happened in the last, you know, 12 months, whatever it is, or X number of years. So we're in some of the, like, I think the first album Mark got put in one of those ones. Um, and I think, yeah, yeah, I think, uh, you know, the guy's in there like five, six times, I think, in the same, <laughs> in the same book. Uh, yeah. he did, you know, so many great designs for bands. But um, I love those books. I mean, they're, they're amazing. Like the art, some of the artwork across the board just, it's just, spectacular you know really really spectacular by you know loads of people who i don't know they do it as a hobby or do it as a job um but uh yeah amazing stuff like absolutely amazing stuff yeah the books the books are great i'd have them all over my coffee table my wife's not really keen on them so uh yeah she's like <laughs> nah <laughs> she's like nah we can't have that. 
<laughs> oh, come on, can it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we can't have the kind of, you know, satanic images on the, uh, when people come over, like, okay, right. <laughs> like, why not? <laughs> exactly. The, uh, yeah, I thought the, uh, I just got the book about Greek black metal. I think it's called like Rights of the Abyss. Okay. That they put out. And that's really, right. I mean, the book is really nice quality. Like, I haven't read the whole book yet, but just I've like looked through it and yeah. just like the printing quality and the binding and everything is like really beautiful. It's so, pretty cool. It's yeah. really good stuff. It's like really nice products. Like it's not it's not you know cheap or hastily put together. It's like a proper beautiful package. Yeah, it's definitely worth worth picking up. For sure. Uh, I uh, I've been wanting to get the Paradise Lost um, biography. They have a biography, I think. Okay that i want to get some big fan of paradise lost so okay yeah the um i like the i just like the, i like to get like the different art you know like metal books like uh, -huh. uh or uh there's the evolution of the cult i don't know if you've heard of that one but that that's a really good book nah he's uh, what's that about it's, it's about black metal it's about kind of history of black metal um mm -hmm. i have the original version of it but he's doing a expanded one that's coming out later this year so Cool. Um, it's like uh, you can get like the cult never dies. He's a, okay. he's a Brit British author. He used to write for like Decibel and right different different magazines and like that Terrorizer and okay. stuff like that. But uh -huh. yeah, it's like a huge book. It's just like the whole history of black metal, kind of grouped up by bands and and scenes, kind of. So right, you know, and it's like, like the whole like, chronology of like the. Of the, of the movement or like the, the the genre yeah from from the late 80s all the way up to to present day basically so okay yeah cool i definitely can recommend picking that up i'll check it out what's it called i'm gonna write it down yeah the, what was it called again evolution of the cult evolution of the cult i'll check it out yeah you can get it yeah like i said cult never dies it comes uh -huh. out comes out later this month i think or next month so yeah i'll check them out sure it's always nice to get the, the, the different books, but I haven't checked out the actual the heavy metal artwork um, artwork books yet. But mm -hmm. I should probably try to get one of those. Just to, you know, cause like it's nice to have all the, the that art. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's good. It's nice, and there's not many words. It's just like pictures, so that kind of works for me. Pretty pretty cool. <laughs> but you just sort of browse through it and go, yeah, it's nice. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, good for get get them for Christmas. Good presents. I mean, that's pretty cool that they put your 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 album cover in there yeah yeah i wasn't expecting it it was quite um quite an early quite an early thing i was sort of the guy was like do you mind if i put your uh put you in a book and i thought it was a bit of a wind up to be honest i thought he was sort of taking the <laughs> pitch. i was like uh, this is going to be like you know you just have to pay 500 pounds and you know buy nine copies or something um and it wasn't he just loves he just loves that he loves the ledge demand so it was uh yeah, came completely out of nowhere. I mean, I bought a copy, obviously, but other than that, like the guy was just, you know, genuinely altruistically putting a band that no one had ever heard of at the time into his book, which I thought was, uh, yeah, pretty pretty nice of him. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The um, but yeah. So I was going to ask. So did you have you done like you said you took a period where you weren't working on music for a while? What before that, or are you in in bands like in the past? And yeah, I was in other bands in the past. Um, and none of which were even mildly successful, to be honest. So, uh, like, nothing that anyone would have ever heard of. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was a long time. That was yeah, a while ago, I guess. Um, and they were just kind of, like, atmospheric kind of 
I don't know, atmospheric kind of alternative rock bands, maybe something like that, but heavy, heavy on the atmosphere and, you know, heavy on the minor chords and, you know, that sort of stuff is kind of, you know, to be honest, I could probably take a lot of the same stuff and just kind of play it a lot faster and turn them into cold barrel songs, like, you know, quite, quite easily because they were kind of the spirit was sort of atmospherically speaking. It was kind of the, the similar kind of thing, similar kind of yeah. vibe. Yeah. Um, I feel like that, that, like that kind of, that kind of, um, you know, alternative rock or post-punk type of stuff, a lot of times the, the atmosphere is very similar to certain forms of, you know, the more yeah, metal. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. I think, you know, the way the songs are structured are kind of pretty similar. Um, you know, obviously the tunings are pretty different. Um, but uh, yeah, I think, um, so I did that for a while. I, I never really liked kind of, I was talking to some guy about it the other day, like I never really liked playing in bands live, but I've always liked kind of recording. I like recording music. I like writing music. I like composing songs. Um, I'm terrible at writing lyrics. So I always kind of have someone else do that. I become overly self-conscious about everything all the time. And, uh, but I, I hated playing live. I absolutely hated playing live, but I liked everything kind of up to it, you know, the kind of everything else in that sphere. And then the second you got to kind of standing on stage, I was like, no, nah, I don't, I don't want to be here. Like, this is, uh, this is a bit of a disaster for me. So, uh, <laughs> so I always kind of, yeah, I just like kind of writing. And so I would just kind of write songs and just kind of, you know, scribble them away and they'd just kind of be there for me and go, one day that might turn into something or one day I might do a new kind of project and, um, and yeah, Cold Burial was the one that just kind of just kind of happened. Um, uh, so yeah, but yeah, nothing, nothing really major, kind of before that. Right. I mean, it's funny how that kind of works out. Like, in kind of spur of the moment, you buy a guitar, you know, then you start working on the stuff, and next thing you know, you have a, <laughs> a band you that's actually that getting. You know that thing, right? So you got guitars behind you, right? I can I can see some guitars in the background, right? And yeah, you know that thing when you get a guitar, and every time you get a new guitar, there's immediately a song in it, okay? Yeah. And every I don't know if you you get a new guitar, you pick it up, there's always a song in it, and it just comes out like really really quick. And um, I've always had that kind of principle, and I always used to swap gear quite a lot because I believed quite heavily in that kind of concept. And I'd sort of rush home, get a guitar, swap it with some guy, like you know, just you've got that and I've got that. Let's swap and swap them. And I'd rush home and sort of you know do something. And record it within like two three days and it'd be like really really cool and then that guitar would be kind of dead i'd have to get rid of it you know it'd just be like it's got it's done for me and uh i think yeah the the, the baritone thing it just kind of hasn't stopped coming out um it just kind of seems to kind of seems to kind of fit um so uh yeah yeah i feel, yeah. Like, I feel like a lot of guitarists like i do feel like there's there's certain types of guitars you can play certain things and then, you, then you'll find your kind of guitar that that manages to just work for you or you just feel inspired playing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, this thing's fucking so heavy. It's ludicrous. It's like, I mean, it's solid, it's solid aluminium, right? So it's, it's like two or three times the weight of a regular guitar. It's, it's, it's brutal of equipment. Is the body aluminum as well? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the whole thing. Those, yeah. I know that so, are you familiar with Chelsea Wolf. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Yeah. Chelsea Wolf. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Chelsea Wolf. I know she plays those aluminum guitars as well. At least she did. Does she? Yeah, she did for um, His Fun. Okay. Like she got, I remember seeing some videos that she did about about her. Yeah, she got the aluminum guitars with the aluminum neck. And um, when I saw That's her, a live great, that, yeah. great, great record. That's like the start of that record, the first track, I can't remember what it's called, with the kind of the heavy. Uh, just the kind of heavy, slow, kind of doomy riff. I love that record. I think it was 
amazing amazing yeah. album. yeah it's a really good album like very very doomy definitely more rock than her older stuff which I, I liked though i thought it was cool and and seeing her live for that tour was was really amazing like uh they sounded really good too i know she's they're using um bass breaker fender bass breaker amps and then she's using okay. the, the um i forget what the brand is but it's one of those aluminum baritone guitars and uh, okay kind of like we're using all right no i didn't see that i think i went to see her one time and she was like all using like three three fives and you know sort of because everything's down sheen right it's all in drop c and i was like how the hell do you make that 335 sound that heavy without like loads of feedback and stuff like that but it was i don't know how i got set up but it was yeah it was really cool yeah yeah i mean the first time i saw her was for the abyss and um that that uh that tour she was just playing like a, yeah a smaller amplifier like but then yeah when i saw her for hispan it was like a fucking half stack and <laughs> You know, they all have like way more, way more gear. <laughs> yeah, you just got a new record team, right? I'm quite, yeah. quite excited to hear that. Yeah, the first couple of songs from it are more of that kind of electronic sound, which so it kind of reminds me more of the Abyss. So I'm, I'm hoping though that she has a few heavy songs because that's what I liked about the Abyss is that you'd have like these kind of um, electric songs, and then you'd have like Iron Moon, which is like a doom song, and then you know quiet acoustic song or something you know it was like everything was kind of there yeah. i really like that yeah, cool. did, you like the did you like the converge collaboration that's pretty good yeah i i need to listen to it more i only listened to it a couple times and it came out i need to get one of my friends was like obsessed with it. it was like his album of the year like that last year when it came out yeah but uh i haven't i haven't listened to it as much as i should but I, I, mean, like, yeah. I, like I bought a copy of it. Like I rushed to buy a copy of it, and then for whatever reason, I haven't really listened to it much. But yeah, uh, it's up there on the record player. Yeah, the last time I saw her was uh, she did that acoustic tour for her last that that acoustic album. Okay, the history of violence or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. and um, and she, she played at the, the Stanley Hotel here, like you know where the the hotel that inspired The Shining. Okay, no, I didn't yeah. know that. But okay. Yeah. Yeah, they had like a they have like a ballroom up there and she played up there it was really cool it's just like this acoustic set up there and this historic you know haunted hotel you know what i mean it was pretty cool yeah, yeah. very yeah. fitting uh, location for the music right yeah definitely like her music's so like haunting and and uh and um just like i don't know just so dark like i really love how bleak and dark her music really is you know yeah yeah it's very fragile right but in a dark way very fragile yeah and just has this very uh very haunting quality to it which i've always really liked i remember i got into her when pain is beauty came out and i was I like was obsessed with that album it came out and then been following her ever since nice. yeah cool. the um but yeah the the aluminum guitar i've always been curious about playing those aluminum guitars like because it that's where we start started that off. I was like curious, like how they sound and everything. You know how they feel playing, and I'm sure it's pretty interesting to play like very different from a wooden guitar. You know, um, yeah, I think. I mean, I think like mine's kind of drowned in so much distortion that it's kind of probably makes it quite hard to tell the difference. But certainly, the way it plays is, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's just a lot more. The necks are very. I have like I hate big necks on guitars. Um, and the kind of baseball bat kind of neck, I just like 
I mean, I've got long fingers, so but for whatever reason, like I just like, I never feel comfortable doing it. And the thing about the aluminium guitars is they're super narrow, so they are super super narrow, mm-hmm. um, and they're narrow like the whole way across the fretboard. So you know, there's no tapering of the of the neck whatsoever. Right. Um, and that's a bit that kind of really appeals to me. So if you're playing super high up, you know, it's the exact same as you're playing at the first fret if you're playing at the twentieth fret. Um, right. In terms of kind of thickness and narrowness, so it's got none of the kind of drawbacks of strengthening the wood. So that's the main thing for me that I really uh, that I really enjoy about them. Um, and I think if you didn't drown everything in loads and loads and loads of distortion, you'd hear it's like quite a chimey kind of um, quite a chimey kind of sound. Um, right. But kind of it's got loads of sustain. So for the kind of for the doomy parts of the the songs, um, you know, if you hit a really, it's a you know, got like a song called Stride, and it's got like a chord that's held for like a minute and a half or something stupid like that, <laughs> and it's just, it just leaves that aluminium guitar. You just press the, you just leave it, and it, like it just keeps going, like it just doesn't, it doesn't stop, kind of, um, yeah, like resonating and, and you know playing that chord. So, uh, um, and if you like stretch it out for really long periods of time, it kind of the signal kind of degrades, and it kind of just sounds really nasty to be honest um yeah so yeah i think with with the distortion too though i think it kind of gives it a little bit more um i don't know if clarity is is the right word but uh note definition stuff like that it seems like yeah i'm sure sure it's nice that you have like a proper uh um what do you call it um like when you're playing high up like i'm sure you're like if you know wood wood next when you're getting higher up it starts to Sometimes you start to lose your notes or like out of tune and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you don't really have that problem with aluminum, I'm sure. Nah, nah, it's pretty. Um, yeah, I'm all about it. You should try certainly chat one out. Yeah, I'd I'd like to try that. Like aluminum, like to have that endless sustain would be pretty nice. Particularly like if you're doing like uh, just types of um, droning solo type of type of pieces. You know yeah, what I mean? Totally. Yeah. Yeah, so you, you completely get it, right? So you plug it in, you go, fuck, yeah, man, that's like, that's that just sounds, yeah, brutal and kind of atmospheric. And yes, everything that kind of comes out of it just seems to, just seems to be pretty, pretty cool. Just seems to fit. We're a good, uh, we're a good team, me and that aluminium guitar. <laughs> I see you got some pedals back there. What kind of, what kind of pedals uh, do you like to use? Uh, there's all sorts of stuff. There's, uh, Lots of reverbs and delays. There's, uh, um, man, wait a There's like TT Electronics space and, and boss delays and the Eventide, uh, the Eventide H9 and that kind of stuff. Uh, there's lots of ZMX, lots of, uh, um, sort of octaving pedals and just kind of distortion pedals and that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, big into, I like my reverb pedals and I like my delay pedals. Yeah, I'm the same way. I have um, I have three three delay pedals on like <laughs> on my board. <laughs> yeah, but and I, and and I and I want to get more like I, there's a few more delay and reverb pedals I want to pick up. So like, what are you looking for? Um, been planning on getting. Well, I'm at at this point, like I need to get a pedal. I want to get a pedal that has both delay and reverb on it. So I, okay, want, so it's one space on my board that has both you know because uh-huh. i have i have um i have like a short shorter analog delay pedal right now which i use pretty much always on just okay. to give that little bit of it's not quite a slap back it's a little past that but it kind of gives it gives your guitar tone like some space and some bite you know yeah 
and um and then and then i have like uh the uh earthquaker ghost echo which is a pretty cool okay. pedal but it gets kind of out of hand sometimes you know like the the top, mm -hmm. the the echo like where it's like i realize that i need to get a and then i have an afterneath from earthquaker as well which is even more out of control type of mm -hmm. delay and so i was like i need to get kind of a, some more normal you know like i want to get a, <laughs> well, digital book sided uh yeah this, i still need to get like a a basic like uh like i want to get a reverb that has you know the different types of reverb so i can have like variety you know if i want to do plate or yeah yeah, or, yeah you know whatever and then yeah then like a kind of uh digital like uh extended delay type of type of thing as well you know like the strymon just get all the strymon pedals that'll slow you up yeah my friend my friend um my friend has a bunch of strymon pedals uh they're all pretty nice like pedals from what I, from hearing him play them you know yeah, they're cool. I forget yeah. I'm forgetting which ones he he has. He has he has like two of the different he has like the the Strymon one that's supposed to be like a uh a, a spring reverb. Okay. I forget which name that is, and then he has the Palante or something like that, I think. Yeah, and then he has one that's supposed to like the tape echo. Okay. Like the timeline. Yeah, which is pretty that one's pretty cool because cause it has like some um settings where it does like these weird de degradation, like it's like if it's basically like on it has a setting that if if it's kind of replicating as if you're doing a tape echo but the tape is messed up uh -huh. so it creates this kind of weird like you know echoey distorted like uh d delay you know what i mean yeah then you could like crank the resonance or whatever up and or the feedback up and all of a sudden it creates this kind of endless like nasty tone you know that just kind of repeats yeah. over and over again it's pretty cool Gotcha. Gotcha. And I love pedals. I fucking love pedals. Like, I've had to, uh, yeah, it gets a bit out of hand sometimes, right? Because you just constantly, there's always another pedal, right? Always, but uh, yeah, I've been. Yeah. I've, I was looking at uh, at some like stuff like the Maestro. The Maestro, you know, has a, mm -hmm. a really nice delay pedal. It's like true analog delay uh, using like a, a circuit that they only use in the '70s, and so mm -hmm. it's like. You know, they're doing replications of that, and I was like, like a reissue. Yeah, I was like, man, I, I'd like to have that to have this kind of like real, vin real vintage style, you know, delay tone. <laughs> you know, and you just see stuff like that, and you're like, it's too, it's really hard to to resist. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm I'm a weird. That's true. I'm, I'm very like obsessed with yeah, with delay and reverb, like and just and distortion. I have like three distortion pedals mm -hmm. that I use all like for different types of distortion, you know, and then. Mm -hmm. All the different delays and i'm sure people were like why do you need that many delays and reverbs on it and like because you need it for different things you can t-shirts exactly like you know <laughs> you just need them but yeah. you know what there's not, there's not a single pedal on any cult burial album oh, not one just use uh just yeah. use, like, do, you, do you use amp modeling or do you use like uh an amp um yeah it's 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 amp modeling so i use a lot of the um the neural uh, DSP kind of plugins to to kind of get the to get the tone, right? Um, which is just amazing. So I had a kind of a wall of amplifiers. I had a, a diesel amp and the big orange, you know, the rocker verb, you know, um, all the ones that get really kind of nasty. Yeah. Um, and as soon as I tried those plugins, I was like, oh, fuck, I need to sell my amps because they were just uh, 
just so good and so brutally, brutally heavy. Uh, and it was just really hard to kind of capture that through a real amp, you know, without being in a proper, you know, I record at home and this kind of stuff. You know, I can't turn amps up, you know, super, super, super loud and, yeah. um, you know, but start palm eating away uh, yeah. all day. That's the problem with, uh, yeah, if, with recording at home. If, if you want to use like a tube amp, it's like you have to then spend, you know, $500 and get a, uh, um, uh, what's the name there's like a thing you can buy that 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 you can plug the yeah like the attenuator like you get a yeah yeah attenuator yeah, yeah like uh, i forget the brands but but they're usually like 500 600 but then you can run your orange or whatever you have like at a lower volume straight into a computer with like uh yeah with a cab simulator that's, that. that's, that's what i was using but like the uh yeah it just those plug-in amps just sound so good now like some of them were shit they were really kind of crappy for years and now some of them are just incredible like absolutely incredible right uh, literally the metal tones that come out of them are just insane absolutely insane and so yeah so it's mostly recorded like i'm using those and then if you're going to like use those kind of amps and you might as well use the kind of you know the effects that you know the plug-in effects are kind of especially with delays and stuff like that it's just so much easier to kind of capture it uh you know, with a plug-in than the, with a pedal, but um, right. But yeah, well, if you're using those, it's kind of yeah. I mean, you have you're running your your pedals into it. I mean, you can do that too, though. I know I have friends who use plugins, but they run their pedals through into the into the uh, into the model amp. You know what I mean? And it yeah. sounds it works, but yeah, you can also just do it that way too. You know, just use the all the different pedals and stuff that's on your on your. Uh, yeah. DSP, yeah. Totally. I mean, do you normally have gear chats? Are we having? I like having gear chats. Gear chats are good. Is gear chats a normal part of your podcast? Okay, yeah, it can be. Yeah, like, I'm, <laughs> I actually have a whole episode that I recorded with my friends about all about guitar tone and gear and stuff like that. <laughs> I could talk about all that for a long time. But... Yeah. The uh, what? Uh, yeah, I mean, you had a rocker verb. Those are pretty nice. I mean, is that kind of the the when you're trying to get the metal tones for a cult burial are using like stuff similar to orange or are you doing like more of a originally i was using a, a diesel um einstein 50 which is a really brutal uh again really brutal amp if you know the, the diesel amps um then we had the orange and then i had a just an amp that i've had that i bought it's like a completely clean amp that took pedals really really well but Kind of some guy made for me for like which sounds really expensive it wasn't it was like super cheap and this guy made in a, in a basement just somewhere off the kind of guitar street in london he made it for me years and years ago um and it takes like pedals really really well so between those i was kind of using those for the for the tone um and yeah but now i think the the, the one that i'm using is kind of um models the amiga granifier amp okay i don't know um, that i don't know that so, amp actually it's like a it's a us made i mean the thing is beautiful it's like a work of art and it's again supremely supremely heavy um but they're like you're basically impossible to buy in the uk i think they're pretty hard to buy in the us um and i think they're kind of always sold out and quite hard to get um what i can kind of work out but they're really expensive and i can't afford it so um uh so i think it models that amp and it's kind of a model that they've kind of put together with the new york dsp guys and it's just I can't get anywhere near it in terms of you know what i think that kind of heavy tension sound like 
Um, so yeah, so it's mostly using that. I'd love to get my hands on a real one one day, but I don't know how. Uh, I, think very, I think there's very few of them in, even in existence. Let alone you can't. I don't think you can go into a shop and buy one. So right, it'd be like one day, like when you're like won the lottery, you're like I'm gonna go spend. <laughs> exactly, I can import an amp from the US and. Uh, <laughs> And even then you have all the voltage issues and that kind of stuff but um but yeah uh so i don't know what that kind of amp's based on but it, it just sounds like nothing nothing else at all nothing and then else. and then if you imagine you, you're spending i'm sure that amp's probably like five grand or six grand or something like that easily and then easily. and then i'm probably I'm sure like importing into the into the uk you also have to pay like a bunch of custom fees and stuff like that too. yeah 20 percent, 25 percent or something for customs and and GT and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Plus, I suspect it's supremely heavy. You're like, so here's a 10, 10 grand amp, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I saw the guy uh, I went to see. Do you know the band Nightmare? Yeah, no Nightmare. Yeah. Uh, I went to see them in London uh, last week. And I know that guy, he has he has one, but he, I think he lives in the US, right? So uh, he's all sort of posting on Instagram and just sort of drooling over. Uh, yeah, drilling every Zomiga amp works uh, around a fire round. Right. I hope he doesn't take it on tour with him, though, because I'm sure that... You didn't have it with him. You didn't yeah. have it with him. <laughs> yeah. Nah. Just, they're, all using, uh, they're all using campers, so... Uh, okay. Yeah, because yeah, you probably don't want to be, like, tout, touting that, that amp around, like, you know, like, to Europe and everything. No, exactly. You want to take it on a budget flight from, you know, the UK to fucking... I don't know France or something. Get it smashed up on a ten pound flight. It's going to be a be a disaster. So, uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why. Yeah. yeah, it seems like a lot of bands are going the route of. Uh, <clears throat> it seems like nowadays a lot of bands are using tube amps for recording and then going using Kempers or something like that when they go when they play yeah. live. Yeah. Everyone I see plays uh, Kemper or Axe Effects live. Everybody. Yeah. Like, very rare you see anything other than that yeah or 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 bands will do stuff like uh when i saw i saw swallow the sun a few years ago and they they just had orange amps like they probably just rented them you know what i mean like rented some orange amps for their tour or whatever yeah. like something basic so i probably yeah. i i do i do like the sound of uh a tube amp cranked up live though so i'd probably i'd probably just rent an app and tour it that way you want to feel the air moving yeah, exactly. <laughs> Feel like the power of it. I like that. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, like if you see my bloody Valentine, you know, they're not going to be playing with, uh, with Kempers because they want to make the loudest sound no, possible. True. You know what I mean? <laughs> I saw Cult of Luna the other day, actually. And again, they had like, you know, proper, uh, you know, proper rig set up. But then, you know, that was a big gig and a big venue and you know, lots of people, that kind of stuff. Yeah, but yeah, they're like some proper setups. But if you go to like a kind of small club in London, it's like 200 people, which is kind of the normal sort of you know 200 300 people is like a normal size of show. Then yeah, it seems to be pretty pretty common choice. Yeah, it definitely seems to, to be pretty popular right now. The, the campers and things like that. So, I mean, it, it don't sound too bad from what I've heard. Um, like, I feel like I feel like the the DSPs when you're recording. Like like the ones you use, I mean, they sound great. Like doesn't you can't you can't tell. You know what I mean? Some people no, you would you never know. Some people use them, and I can tell. I think it just depends on how you how you dial it in. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Like giving giving away the secrets of uh, <laughs> <old barrel> recording. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, even if somebody tried to use the same amp as you, they probably wouldn't be able to get the same tone as you. You know, it's everything that you're doing. The fingers. It's all in the fingers. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's like that, and the way the particular way you dial something in, you know, and, and yeah, then and then it's all in the mix thing. and everything else as well. You know, it's kind of I think kind of how it's mixed is kind of like more defines the uh, more defines the sort of the tone. I think of kind of how it sort of sounds and how it kind of comes across more than more than kind of how you record it to be honest but um yeah you know it's all important but yeah i think the mix is where it's at for getting that like yeah again getting it together then you got mm. and so you're using uh drum programming too um what what uh program are you using for doing the drums uh superior drummer three okay cool. yeah um, but yeah, I spend hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. That's one thing I can spend hours and hours and hours doing quite happily. Like it's, uh, um, yeah, it's I, fun. I, like I have, it. I get, I have very limited patience for programming drum beats. So really? yeah, I, I, did have, I mean, it was originally I was kind of, I was kind of playing them and then I found that by the time, well, that's, so you sort of, you know, have a electric kit, you know, like the, one of the rolling kits and you can try and play and then by the time you kind of go through and adjust you've ended up fucking doing it anyway um so it's you know, just sometimes it's just kind of easy to kind of start from scratch um yeah. it's really hard to play that fast <laughs> so yeah it's uh, <laughs> really difficult um so I, uh yeah i recently got the uger tone it's called the cult drums which right that kind, of, that kind of works for me because it comes with a bunch of kind of pre-built you know meaty drums that sound like really good and then i can you can use that as a base to build on like for me for particularly for doing demos and stuff like that that that, that works really good for me so what kind of music do you play like what kind of uh style i um i mean stuff i can work on right now is black metal stuff but then i have um and i also have a a kind of uh i guess you could call it a goth type of dark waves thing as well that we've been doing okay. for a long time but that one we just use a drum machine like i have a straight up old school you know drum machine from the 90s that i use so <laughs> but yeah. uh yeah but then yeah aside from that and then i also have uh um some older stuff that i did that was like post-punk type of stuff okay. and uh that stuff i actually just recorded the drums playing them on my keyboard <laughs> okay like, yeah i just played the drums on the keyboard to the to the track or whatever you know that was like it was like 10 years ago but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I struggle with them, and yeah. I just sit. Yeah, I just, I just sit and like it's just like a spreadsheet, right? You just sit and just do it. I kind of, yeah, quite like it. Do yeah, quite like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if you're good at like programming, I mean, obviously you're good at programming drums because they sound really good on the album. I mean, and he managed to make them sound pretty, pretty real. Like I couldn't when I listened to it, I didn't didn't. You're gonna say, how did you know? How did you know? You must have been able to work out. Well, I just worked it out from what you said earlier that you said that you did the. The music i was like i'm guessing you did all the music then you know i couldn't tell from listening to the album which is a compliment to you so <laughs> yeah that's good. that's good yeah i only figured it out when you when you're like uh saying that you did all the music yourself so i was like so i was like okay they have to be uh program drums then but i couldn't tell like listening to it so yeah. that's so that's good <laughs> yeah like if that's, i think that's always the goal right if you're trying to do Program drums is in a that kind of context. You want to make sure they sound sound as real as possible. Whereas, like, unless you're doing something where the drums are 
are specifically artificial sounding or you're like oh, i want these to sound like god yeah, flesh like or something like that. Drumming, like, yeah yeah like if you're listening to like god flesh or bluedall snort or something where it's like the drum beat is very artificial purposefully you know so do you know what i think bluedall snort is probably the reason why i went off metal funnily enough oh, really? so i think yeah i think uh when I got into, I was trying to think like the very first, like really properly, like stream metal album that I bought, I can't remember. And I was like searching for kind of black, I wanted to like black metal, but I, I couldn't find a band that I liked, right? So I think I, uh, I went to the record shop and I bought this Bloodhouse Norse record like years and years and years ago. And I think, I think it even said on it, it said like extreme dissonant black metal or something like that. And it had like, you know, the label on it or it said it down the spine or something. So I bought this CD and I listened to it and I was just like, it was too much too soon. I was like, what the fuck is that? I was like, it really, you know, like you can't go straight into it, right? You have to kind of build up to it, I think, a little bit to kind of understand it. And I think I was just like, this is just too far for me. Now I love it, right? Now I absolutely, now I love that band. Like the latest album, I loved it. I thought it was great. Like I'm going through the back catalogue a little bit, which I tend not to do with bands. Um, but yeah, I think they're the reason I kind of got put off black metal at uh, maybe at a younger age. <laughs> yeah, you're saying it was like too much for you, like much too much too soon you know it's yeah. just too much it was jumping in jumping in at the deep end gotta learn gotta, gotta learn to walk first yeah that, that's definitely true i mean i def they definitely weren't the first black metal band i heard you know like yeah so they were the first black metal band that i heard and i think it put me off black metal for a long time <laughs> yeah i wanted like, to like it yeah i mean i'm a huge fan of buddha snord but i got into them after i've been listening to black metal for probably like a year yeah. Year and a half or something like that. It's the right way to do it. It's the right way to do it. So I was pretty grounded in in the genre, and then then I found uh, yeah, the workers transforms God, which is my favorite album by them. And okay, yeah, yeah, but it's pretty extreme. I mean, I'm sure if you're like not used to that, but I could hear kind of in Cold Burial little bits of that kind of blue dust nor dissonance. So you know, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly not intentional. That's not like uh, yeah. That's that's no hindsight to the uh, weird CD that I bought. Uh, you know how many years ago it was, but um, yeah, you know, uh, I just yeah, I, I love the extremity. I'm very picky about black metal. Like I, I like black metal, but there's, I'm very selective about what I like, kind of within it. Like um, you know, I find the majority of black metal doesn't really sit. Well. You know, that Achilles record, uh, I just thought was amazing. You know, Melano was just like I, I listened to that. I was like, that's one of the best things i think i've ever heard i thought that was incredible right. um and i still listen to it like most weeks uh and it's been out what now three years three and a half years or something um and uh but yeah so i'm always like listening every every friday i'll sit like listen to the, the sort of new records that come out and the new kind of black and death metal records that can come out but i don't know black metal is funny it's uh it's a weird yeah very very kind of selective about it i don't like the kind of traditional black metal sound so much i think i struggle with the the, the mix and i struggle with the, the sometimes i don't you know the way it's kind of composed but um yeah when someone comes out with that kind of interpretation of that metal like you know the Achilles record i just thought wow that was spectacular like amazing absolutely amazing right with the kind of like dissonance and uh and uh not just dissonance but he it's kind of intensity and nightmarish quality to it the intensity, the atmosphere, the production quality, because obviously, you know, I think it was mixed by like David Terro, who's like a really, you know, top rated, like tier one kind of uh, mix engineer, you know, so I think that kind of made that 
it made it sound really good as well. Like it just the whole experience is very enveloping. Is that a word? Uh, yeah, very like all encompassing. Um, yeah, kind of around you, kind of takes over. And that's what I'm kind of looking for from like from black metal. But uh, right, yeah. looking for that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it kind of uh, attracted that kind of thing, like with death metal and stuff like that as well. Like, like you mentioned, nightmare. You kind of into that kind of that kind of side of death. Metal. Yeah, like um, they're cool. Um, I'm a bit more. Uh, I'm a bit less picky on death metal. Death metal is like a bit more. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I find it a bit easier to kind of just pick up a random band and just sort of get into it. Um, uh, but yeah, I like. I've always liked sort of dissonance in music, and I don't think Cold Barrel is massively dissonant, to be honest. But you know, compared to some of the stuff that's out there, no, um, it has its moments. But it, I feel has like, its moments. I feel like I wouldn't necessarily classify Cold Burial as being like the kind of dissonant black metal, but it has a kind of a similar atmosphere to some of those bands. But it's more it has a similar atmosphere. Yeah, you're right. But, but it's uh, not. I didn't, I didn't see it as a dissonant band. No, at all. You know, there's, there's moments, but um, but yeah, anything dissonant, I I kind of really, I kind of really, really like it, or it just has to be kind of brutally, brutally kind of violent. Um, are you into doom stuff? Because I definitely hear some doom elements here and there on. Um, not so much actually. No, again, same kind of thing. I want to like it, but I've never kind of, I like kind of uh, bits of stuff by certain bands, but I've never kind of found a doom album that I'm really. I found those Doom tracks that I'm really into, but I never found a Doom album that I could really get into the whole kind of, the whole way through. Okay, yeah. So it's just kind of just kind of elements just kind of creeping here and there in Cold Burial, where it's like what just what you play naturally. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. It's just more yeah. so just kind of like you know, just let's just have a. It's just more about kind of composing the songs and you know what does the song need now? You know now it needs to breathe a bit, and so we'll have a we have a doomy section because it just allows the songs to, to kind of you know breathe, and then we'll kind of build it up and bring it back down again. And that's just the but yeah, that's kind of that's sort of why there's sort of doomy bits of there. They're not really not in my hat any kind of doom affiliation or kind of you know love. It's just uh, yeah, it just fits the song at that time. Right, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean. Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of kind of interesting thing that I've learned about Cold Burial is that you kind of it's very like pure in that sense where you're just kind of creating what the song song requires and you're not necessarily like you know there's some bands that are out there where they're very purposefully putting little nods to other bands and stuff in their music you know mm -hmm. but I kind of appreciate the kind of just originality of just doing like what you feel like the song requires you know not 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 really trying to like tip your hat to a bunch of other things you you know yeah there was a, a review came out the other day and it's like the last track on the album's kind of got lots of different sections and lots of different um styles i guess and they they made reference to like a sushi and the banshees kind of section within the song <laughs> and I'm like, i have no fucking clue what you're talking about but uh yes yeah, so that, that game was a bit of a surprise but they're like yeah, yeah definitely there must be sushi and the banshees fans like i don't know i have no idea like but um yeah <laughs> The, uh, it's actually really funny uh, sometimes when people hearing people's interpretation of your own music where yeah completely they compare it to certain things and you're just like I don't know what you're talking about like <laughs> never listened to a band ever <laughs> yeah exactly I mean 99% of the bands that get like, written about in reviews I've never heard of them even like, I have no idea who they are or kind of what they sound like so it's uh, yeah it's quite funny like you know yeah you're right <laughs> And then I go and check them out and I go and listen to them, you know, which is a cool thing, right? And that's one of the great things about reviews. It kind of, you know, leads you to kind of other music. And, uh, um, but yeah, like normally I go, I, I just, I don't see it at all. But, you know, it's maybe go check out some cool stuff and, you know, found some new bands that I like and that kind of thing. So it's, uh, yeah, it's all pretty good.
yeah it's a positive positive uh, outcome of that yeah it's, it is funny right. to, to have somebody reference something that you did like oh this sounds like this band and you're kind of like i don't know that band someone go check it out and then you you check it out and you're like this doesn't sound anything like what i'm doing but i guess yeah, for some reason it's, for some reason it clicked for that person where it's just a weird connection or everyone yeah, no, every once in a while though you do find that you know some of the some of the things they've they've described are kind of correct but yeah a lot of times it's very kind of random and i, I guess it's just the way that people associate music you know what i mean like i kind of have weird associations with things where it's like if something feels like something else it doesn't necessarily mean they sound like each other but the feeling for yeah, yeah, yeah. connect things you know exactly and like you can say that that person's uh interpretation of what it sounds like is wrong right if they liked it that's kind of what they thought then that's the right thing yeah i mean it's for them it's wrong in the sense of that if they think that you came from it from that direction you know when it's when you didn't but it's right for them you know what i mean <laughs> yeah so you're like you're like yeah i didn't listen to that band at all like i don't know who they are but it's cool that you heard that you know <laughs> it's, true. it's very true yeah <laughs> yeah man it's been great talking to you likewise thank you very much for uh taking the time to have a chat yeah man it's been great talking to you i'm glad to glad to connect with you and talk about the album talk about gear and and uh, music and everything cool yeah likewise it's been fun yeah man and uh i'll let you know when the, when the episode will be out i gotta figure out my schedule okay. probably probably the end of december beginning of, no, of january the episode will come out so great awesome yeah. Real, uh, really nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too, man. And uh, enjoy talking with you. And uh, we'll talk later. Take care. Have Bye. a good day, man.
How can it feel? 